0: You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford.
1: She was messaging me to where I work for for our respirators. He's like, Dad, can you bring me home some respirators? I said, of course, you know. So, so obviously they weren't supplying them to her. I had to, I had to sneak them out of my shop to bring them to her. It's a stupid little mask. You figure this is a multi-million-dollar company? I would think, anyway. They're not giving their workers masks. She's begging me to steal masks from my shop.
0: Welcome to the show tonight, Mike Crawford. We got some special guests, a lot of happening related to the story that we reported eight days ago about the death of Lorna McMurray. Quite a few stories. Uh, We're going to try to share some of those on the screen tonight so people could see. But, uh, you know, Commonwealth Magazine, Leafly, High Times. Bunch of other publications have just put out stories about Lorna McMurray. We're going to be talking about that tonight. Some new information has come out related to some of those stories, some things we've unearthed, some things other reporters have unearthed. We're really happy that uh, people are interested in this story. We've been covering workers and the rights of workers and what's going on with workers in Massachusetts for quite some time now. And it's really unfortunate. That someone had to die for it to really finally get all the attention like it has nationally locally this has been uh some tough content some tough shows to do didn't want to speak to a, a stepdad he's a great guy dave i want to just the whole community i think really is reaching out and wanting to support the parents the mom and the stepdad dave and uh we're sending love to them and we're standing strong for lorna and her family and all her friends and family that care about her and uh we stand with them and we care about them so we're going to bring up some guests and we're going to ask them what they think about this cuz uh it's really kind of taken over the world for us uh it's a story on our podcast where usually we put out an episode in a day or two you know you get your peak views but this episode it's been eight days and every day there's more listens than the day before on that episode it's it's if it's not yet it will be probably our most listened to episode ever of this show for eight years so that's how much uh the community is kind of reacting to this story right now and uh I can't blame them I'm obsessed with it too so we're gonna talk about that right from the get-go tonight on the young jerks we have uh, a bunch of guests number one we have uh all of them returning, all of them great guests. We have Drew here, who is from UFCW. He's a labor organizer over there at UFCW. Going to be very interested to speak to him tonight uh, about this, because I think truly uh, where this happened is actually in his territory. So we're going to speak to him tonight. Uh, I'm going to bring all three of the guests up all at once, and we'll go through the introductions. We also have Devin Alexander here, and we have our friend Zach at New Hampshire. Can a patient? Why don't we go in that order, Drew? Introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and then uh, maybe tell us what you think about this whole Lorner McMurray thing and whether any union organizing or, or you're speaking to any employees over there at True Live True Leave about this in Holyoke. What are you hearing? Please give us that introduction, Drew.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. Um, I mean. I think like a lot of people, I think it's awful what happened and that I think you summed it up nicely when you said uh, it sucks that something like this has to happen before, you know, it becomes a big story and someone has to do anything about it. But from my end of things, I would say, uh, if anybody is interested in, you know, reaching out and doing something about it, you can go to UFCW1459.com and you can find all my contact information there.
0: And have you heard uh, from any TrueLeaf employees? about this at all is this something that's come up recently uh so yeah full i guess full
2: disclosure you know we don't represent the workers over at truly even holyoke um and i i think i actually i first heard about this uh through your program but uh, no, the, no workers have reached out yet
0: and so when you say you don't represent them it's basically because no workers have reached out that's that is there like there's not another union in there like officially representing them right that as far as you know
2: yeah. As far as I know, there's, there's not, uh, they're an uh, un- what we call an unorganized shop.
0: And so that means that they could definitely contact you if they are, if they're interested in pursuing that. Yeah. I would encourage people to. Can you say your email and contact again? Yeah. So, uh, the website
2: is UFCW1459.com. Uh, and my email is D W E I S S E at UFCW1459.com.
0: Awesome. And I'm also going to put up, uh, a couple, you know, a couple things. People can call in tonight too. And maybe you're an employee at any dispensary. You don't have to use your real name. You can always, you know, disguise it if you want to. Uh, come up with a fake name. Be Bruce Banner. I don't know. Maybe Clark Kent. Uh, who, who is Wonder Woman? Maybe just be Wonder Woman. I don't know. Whoever you want to be, you can be that person. Uh, we're taking phone calls tonight nine seven eight five six zero three one five five. Also, uh, we're taking tips too. We got that up there, but we're going to have to add that, add that. Actually, here it is. Cannabis dispensary workers. If you want to send tips to us, too, if you also want to reach out to Drew, you can reach out to me if if you're not. You know, and I can get you in touch with Drew, too. Uh, but we're look, you know, any tips that you have about your dispensary. If, if you're seeing similar situations, we want to hear from you it can be on or off the record. We don't need to use your name. We're not looking for anyone to get fired. MJC Boston, number one at Yahoo dot com. You can definitely send in. Again, tonight we have uh, Drew uh, from UFC W1459. We have uh, at New Hampshire Cannapatient Patient on Twitter. Good friend of the show, Zach. And we also have Devin Alexander with Rolling Relief. So let's go to uh, New Hampshire Cannapatient. Patient. Hey, how's What's it going, up, Zach? Mike? Thanks How for having, having doing? me tonight. Doing well, doing well. How are you? Good. So tell us who you are and tell us what you think about this whole Lorna McMurray situation, too.
3: Yeah, I'm Zach, I'm a patient advocate up in New Hampshire. I run a Discord. Um, we're nearly 300 members strong. We're a good community. We're there to uplift each other and help encourage each other to make the best decisions out in the market, as well as educating um, consumers to make better decisions. So um, we're a great community over there. We're building every day. So that's what I'm doing um, in the day-to-day and just do my best to keep people informed. And you know, as soon as we heard about um, this story, everybody in the community was, you know, heartbroken that this occurred. Um, When I approach um, what I do in New Hampshire, this is, this is what I hear. It's these corporations that are supposed to be the, the white label dispensary. They're supposed to be the people that, you know, cannabis legislators look up to. These are the dispensaries that are open and operating and they're the SOPs that go around to other States. So, you know, for New Hampshire, a state that's looking to legalize and maybe bring in shops. This is what people are talking about. These are the shops that they want to bring into the state. Um, shops that you know can't really treat their workers fairly, can't provide for their workers. Um, in New Hampshire, the medical program, our prices are outrageous and we just hear about it. it's just the overhead it takes to grow it and it takes to go into the operation. You know, If we're paying for it, why, why isn't that equipment being passed down to the workers? And why are the workers dying? Um, From a consumer perspective, it's really scary and it's really, really traumatizing. So um, the consumers are here for the family and we're feeling for
0: you all. Sorry, this has happened. Thank you, Zach. And uh, Devin Alexander with Rolling Relief, you're uh, an applicant. You're trying to get into this industry in Massachusetts. You've done a lot of great work to help other applicants. You've changed regulations. I mean, you've probably got a lot to say about where you're at right now. So tell us about who you are, where you're at, and what do you think about the situation that we're highlighting tonight, too?
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Mike, for having me on. i um, Devin Alexander, lifelong resident of Massachusetts, uh, grew up in Quincy, Massachusetts. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Rolling Relief. Uh, we were the first Black-owned, provisionally licensed marijuana delivery operator in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, we're based in Newton. That's where I'm currently at right now. Um, we just wrapped up our facility, build out. We're hopeful to get on the November agenda for a final license. But um, yeah, I really had no idea this even occurred until, you know, you and brought attention to it, really. You know, um, it occurred all the way back in the beginning of the year, January, February. And here we are, it's the last week of September, October. Um, it's crazy, too, because, you know, um, I'm 29 years of age. You know, the, I'm pretty sure the girl, Lorna was about 27, 28. So, you know, I was really close in age to myself. And um, what I was starting out, Um, I was worked at a vertically integrated medical marijuana dispensary in my hometown of Quincy. So, um, you know, I was doing bud tending and I was doing production as well, you know. So, when we were in the back doing that, we had masks on, we had hair nets, you know, beard nets, and we had all these other PPE equipment. Um, When we were a small mom and pop shop, you know, to see something like one of the largest MSOs such as True Leaf, you know, not even provide their employees with personal protective equipment after they've asked them for so much is truly troubling. Um, so their Holyoke facility is massive. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure it's like a tier 10, tier 11 cultivation facility that goes along into that. And it's just so wild because uh, it really makes you think if this is happening here in Massachusetts, you know, a limited license state that it has caps. Truly has, you know, Florida in the palm of his hand. You know, what's going down in Florida? This is happening up here in Massachusetts. So, just like everyone else, I'm really just shocked and saddened to hear because, you know, most likely than not, you know, that was that most likely Lorna's dream job just to be in industry, just to be working with weed. And it's just so unfortunate that also caused her demise.
0: It's, it's horrible. It's just, uh, it's like you said, it's a dream job. These folks think they're helping others, which they are. And then they die on their on their job. and there's so many questions about why it happened. Uh, I want to go back to Drew on this because you're the labor guy. and I feel like uh, you've seen a lot like how I don't think the average consumer or even newspaper journalist that is covering this right now and, and maybe the Boston media market that you know isn't like a you know, totally into cannabis like some of us are. I don't think they quite get it. I don't think the politicians get it. But I think a lot of them, their eyes have been opened this week. A lot of them are getting back to us. There are a lot of them are hitting us up. Um, this is risky. Like, there's a lot of health and safety. Like, forming a union isn't just about benefits and dollars. A lot of times it's about having a say at the workplace. And, and yeah. the big say is, work. you know, how work and safety, you know, worker safety. It's like the number one issue that I hear from all of these cannabis dispensary workers at the big shops, I'm not talking about micro grows. Those guys seem really happy. I'm talking about the big cannabis firms like true leaf drew. Is this something that is like at the top of the list for the union workers that you talk to in all of the different cultivation sites across the state? Uh, yeah. I
2: mean, generally I I'm of the opinion that you know, if you, if you have a job and you can organize, you probably should do it. Uh, but you know, just speaking to cannabis generally, and uh just so i'm clear you want me to talk about kind of like the reality of working as a cultivator in one of these facilities yeah okay uh well i know i think Devin gave a really good lead in uh, already but i guess i would just say yeah you have to be fully suited uh and that you know includes covering your hair and your shoes and this is all just to prevent contamination um i think most people would probably know that yeah you're working around plants all the time but it's actually it's quite hot in there and uh you know that happens whether it's cold or not outside, and uh, it can probably. Well, I've had people tell me that it, you know, can get to you after a while, particularly if you haven't, you know, had a chance to take a break or something like that. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's like most of the people, at least that I've talked to who work in cultivation uh, operations, they're younger workers under the age of forty. Uh, you know, I'm just speaking for Massachusetts at least. Um, and uh, maybe another underappreciated part of all that is. Uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of regulations around cannabis and I, and I think that, you know, that alone is not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, part of that for the workers reality is the, uh, sort of the nature of it is round the clock surveillance, you know, more or less, uh, and they, they have to keep an eye on the product. And I, you know, I think that's, uh, it makes sense in a lot of ways as, you know, from a business perspective, but you know, for the workers, that means they're on camera from the moment they clock in until the moment they leave for the day. Um, and you know, I guess I could talk about more, but that's just the, that for me, that would be the general reality I hear about.
0: Now there's been a lot of uh, thought. Maybe she would have uh, been saved if people had known CPR at the workplace, um, as well as you know, her stepdad brought up the masking issue where she was borrowing masks from him for her work. Cause apparently they must not have been providing them to her. Um, do you, do you feel like, uh, cpr something that should be more mandated at some of these places or is that something that already happens like what's the deal with that drew
2: well i i guess perhaps i suppose you know the uh the question i would go to is you know uh if if it's a little bit you know i guess if there are dangers that are inherent in the operation be it the farming or the uh, factory aspect of it then I guess it's, you know, my question would be what are companies doing to, to mitigate the risk uh, for their workers to any of those uh, you know hazards, those work hazards?
0: I think that makes sense. What are they doing? I mean, that should be like the, num- you know, you talk about the security of the plants. It should be uh, security of the humans, <laughs> making sure that humans get home. Uh, we had a couple comments we're gonna we're gonna actually move on to some other topics tonight too, but uh, it's it's definitely I want to read some of the comments coming in uh, Facebook user wrote it's crazy. I've been I've seen workers complain and be told if you can't do it, the cannabis industry isn't for you then. no idiots protect your workers all about the money it's sad. I mean we hear this a lot too. Um, and unfortunately we we actually predicted that this was might happen that someone you know what's a good I said that. What's it going to take? Is it going to take someone to die? I wish I'd never said those words. Honestly, it's, uh, uh, this is the young jerks. We've got some great guests. We're going to talk about some other subjects too tonight. Hopefully, um, let's talk about actually, what do you guys, let's ask you guys, you know, we got three awesome guys here. You guys must want to talk about different things. I imagine, uh, what well, let's go since Drew's been talking a lot. Let's go to Zach right now. Zach, Is there something that you want to just talk about tonight, cannabis policy or bring attention to or anything like that? Yeah, you know, a
3: lot of what what I'm trying to rally for in New Hampshire right now on the medical side as a medical patient is just our basic right to home grow. Um, to grow our own cannabis at home. Um, Thinking about the medical program, the way it is now, the way it's designed, um, it's very much geographical based. Where where you are in New Hampshire, you have Sanctuary um, way up north, you have Temescal spread out, and you have Prime ATC. Um, They're all very widespread across uh, New Hampshire. And um, access and affordability is a big issue in the state. So Home grow, I think, is a very easy um, stepping stone for the program to take to ensure patients um, feel valued in the program um, and understand that they have a path to affordable medicine um, through appropriate channels. Um, I think that's a big part of um, what I'm fighting for up in New Hampshire. So that's really my focus right now is just getting us that basic right to grow our own medicine. Is there a bill up there right now? Um, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I need to... Do some deep dive. We're getting through the elections up here, so yep. I'm going to see what's coming up um, in the coming months. And we got a good group of people now in New Hampshire. What our biggest issue was before um, was just getting organized, getting all the patients together um, and understanding, you know, where the where the downfalls of the program is and where we can improve and then, you know, taking action there. So um, we're building a good group of patients. Um, We're educating them on on how the program is operating now and where it can go. And we're hoping that with this effort, we can kind of come together and rally for um, progress in the program as, you know, New Hampshire um, also approaches legalization. Um, With Vermont sales going into effect this past weekend, New Hampshire is the only state in New England now that doesn't have um, legalized cannabis. So that's going to be a very hot topic coming down the line here, as it always is in the state. So um, my aspect is, you know, how can we have a how can we how can the state approach legalization if the they can't even have a viable medical program for the patients? Um, that's really all it is. Uh, we have the program growing every year. When I first joined, there was under 10,000. I think we're approaching over 13,000 now, according to the latest data report. And that's growing every day. Every day, patients are joining the program. Um, so yeah, it's really just fine-tuning the program, getting it patient-focused, and really f- identifying what New Hampshire's goals are as we approach legalization. Um, yeah,
0: that's really all I'm focused on right now in New Hampshire. And uh, you're sick tonight too, aren't you? I can tell. Yeah, I have a cold. <laughs> you told to me Dox that earlier. Didn't sound yeah. Now I notice it. I <laughs> feel bad. I, I think that's last time you were on, you weren't feeling that great either. You're a trooper. <laughs>
3: hey, you know, I just like to. Uh, spread the good, the good things that, you know, New Hampshire's doing out there. You know, I think we, we don't get a lot of credit out there and what's going on in cannabis. So um, I just wanted to come on, you know, talk about the horrible tragic news that truly with everybody and, you know, just talk about cannabis overall. It's always a fun time joining the show. So I appreciate the invite every time I get it. So. Thank,
0: thank you, my- Zach. <laughs> yeah. I, absolutely. And uh, we also have uh, I want to go to Devin now because I know you must have, a number of things. I'm not sure what you can talk about too. Cause you're an applicant. You're probably like, I know you got to walk that line, but we're, I mean, we're going to bring up some things that I think need to be changed as well, but I'm just wondering if you have anything that you want to bring right to the top, Devin Alexander.
1: Certainly. So, um, my biggest fight right now is the requirement for um, cannabis delivery companies having two drivers in Massachusetts. So, Massachusetts companies have to have two drivers in the vehicle. One driver, um, while there's product in the vehicle at all times, um, you can only have up to $10,000 worth of product. On top of that, the drivers have to wear body cameras. There has to be a, two additional ve- uh, cameras on the vehicle and two safes, one for cash and one for product. And oh, my God.
0: Are you kidding that- me? Two, I didn't know that. Th- so wait, I thought it was just two body cameras, which seems excessive. But you're talking two body cameras, Plus, oh, two people. That's what I thought. Two people, two body cameras. And then you're talking two additional cameras in the car. Yeah. And two safes.
1: Yeah. You know, the way it's constructed, you would think we're delivering plutonium. The way the
0: right. That's is. insane. How, like, they're basically giving you a business that you can't serve people. I mean, that's just out exactly. of control.
1: And this is a license type that has been set aside exclusively for social equity applicants and economic empower applicants. And so um, we have a three year exclusive window to run adult use cannabis delivery. And that window began on April 1st of this year when Budzy and East Hampton commenced operations. So the clock is ticking. There's only four marijuana delivery operators that have commenced operations throughout the state. Um, Kine Run, Rebel, Budzy, and Doobie out of Wareham. And so um, you know the cannabis control commissioners, they can extend that exclusivity period. If they deem necessary, which is going to have to be, you know, extended. That They're going to have
0: to, and they have to fix that. I know that uh, Chris Fevry and um, oh, I can't remember her name, but they the Kine Run folks. What's her name? What's her name?
1: Julia Germain.
0: Yes, Julia. They uh, were on the podcast, which is like a uh, Commonwealth Magazine, one of the you know big Boston media publications that we got a story in this today. You know that we we're just talking about Lorna McMurray. They were also on the podcast talking about this. It's their podcast and uh, they're not happy. They've, they've like done the most deliveries. Like they've done tens of thousands of deliveries and they're like, this doesn't work. We can't do this. We're, we're done. Like we, we can't do this. So do you think, and they've collected a lot of signatures to try to get this change. Do you think this is going to get changed? And when, when, when could it
1: happen? Well. Wow. I think it all is going to coincide with them opening up the regulations. So back on August 1st, Massachusetts passed a huge cannabis reform bill that did a multitude of things that greenlighted uh, social consumption, that created a social equity trust fund and created host community agreement reform. So the Cannabis Control Commission is going to have to open up the regulations, regardless, to implement those new changes. So we see this as, you know, the perfect time to also do other changes. But unfortunately, for some companies, I don't think they can wait that long until the Massachusetts right. they're post- going to go out of business review process because they have to, you know, form working groups, um, receive public comment, you know, and then you know, do all these other things, and then have the Secretary of the Commonwealth promulgate the regulations it takes time as we've seen before. And this is not a new issue. Uh, we've been harping on this since 2020. Right. Um, since it happened, basically. Exactly. Exactly. And you're like,
0: thank you for this, but no, no thanks on. Yeah. I remember, remember it was just like,
1: man, exactly. they
0: always do this. It's like, they give you something and then they take it back. It's it's really disgusting. I, this cannabis control commission has to change that regulation. Cause you guys are in, you know, trying to get into business and do a, a, something that doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. Um, definitely want to see that changed. Uh, Kim Napoli was talking about that on the last show as well. I know that there's a lot of people working on that. So, you know, I I would, I would encourage everyone contact the cannabis control commission, especially when they start doing these public meetings, you got to speak up on this stuff. You got to take time and do it and write them and email them and all that stuff. Um, drew, what do you what What do you What's your focus? What do you want people to know, or help on, or talk about? Uh, I guess I would just say you know,
2: it, it might seem like it, it is exciting and it's fun to go work with cannabis, and I, I have people telling me that all the time. But you know, we talked we've talked a lot already about sort of what people face in that situation, and uh, I guess my focus is uh, whether whether or not you're you're currently going through similar hazards or Uh, or you're not really that uh you know maybe if you wanted a seat at the table as you know then I, i would say probably trying to organize your workplace is the way to do that uh and you know i would always say that but uh i think you know just like with the uh story breaking now about this you know awful tragedy that's happened i would say you know it didn't need to happen in the first place, just like nobody needs to wait for their working conditions to be worse, uh before they can have a say in their working conditions.
0: It's so true. I've you know, especially when you're in certain industries. Like I don't think the guys that are engineers at Apple need need a union. But when you're at a at a risky workplace, an industrial workplace, it makes a lot of difference. I've worked in those situations and let me tell you when it was you the one time it was unionized we didn't have ambulances coming every week we weren't taking bets it was like i worked there for like 6 7 years i might have seen one ambulance one time you know and it wasn't even anything serious like health and safety was number one if there was an issue with your boss the the shop steward would come in and that's it your health and safety is first like makes a difference it really does you have a say in the workplace so I think we. I think people need to start organizing. And you got to think of not just yourself. You got to think about this industry. You got to think about the other workers. You know, sometimes you got to sacrifice for the greater good to bring change, right?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, if if I could even step outside of doing like working directly with your body, I even if you're just, you know, if if most of your job involves thinking, uh, I I would say uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a job that doesn't involve.
0: Uh, selling your body in some way so many jobs so many of them uh we're the young jerks we're also taking your phone calls tonight got a number of topics we want to talk about with our wrong round table uh telephone number 978-560-3155 if you want to call in, get a question you can also you know leave it in the comments we post comments too uh, i'm gonna post this one without even reading it sometimes that's risky but let's just do it <laughs> It looked good. I saw Union Shop, and I was like, let's go with it. Lex Liz writes, as a Union Shop steward, oh, in a MSO store, I completely agree with you guys more. Thank God we unionized before the MSO, which MSO is multi-state operator. That's what we talk about in the cannabis industry. They're generally the largest operators, the ones with the most money, the most debt, the most uh, likely to treat their employees like crap and put them in dangerous situations for the money. Cause they have so much debt on the books and they have so many licenses that they don't really care except about the bottom dollar. And those are also the ones that uh, one of our guests mentioned As the legislators look at them as the white label firms. Like they're the best of the best when in reality, it's just the opposite. It, it really is the larger that you are in the cannabis industry. Unfortunately, usually the more suspect you are is my opinion. Uh, And I'm not saying that in every case, because I think some MSOs actually do care about their workers and are trying to help their workers. And they actually put an emphasis on that stuff. And you can tell uh, there are some, but most of them and a lot of them are not. So the great comment from Lex Liz. Do you want to have any comment on that, Drew? She's basically agreeing with you. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Uh, Shop stewards are the most important people in the whole labor movement. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, we have some great guests tonight. We got Drew uh, from UFCW 1459. If you're a worker and you want to get organized, you want some help, you just want to talk to someone, contact Drew. Look him up, UFCW 1459. We also have at New Hampshire Cannabis Patient. If you want to get involved in the New Hampshire cannabis uh, medical cannabis movement, contact him on Twitter. And uh, we also have Devin Alexander. He can help you uh, in a lot of ways in the Massachusetts cannabis industry. He helps a lot of folks. I've seen him do it. Uh, Maybe you want to help him get rid of this ridiculous body cam thing where it's two body cams, two safes, two extra cameras on top of that. Too much regulation for a small operator need to change those regulations. Uh, Some other things we want to talk about is the taxation, Massachusetts taxation, is higher than what we actually voted for as law. Uh, The governor and the Speaker of the House decided they wanted more taxation on cannabis. And then they just recently set uh, the gambling, uh, sports wagering gambling at 15%, which is what we actually voted for cannabis before they raised it. So my my question is, shouldn't they reduce the taxation on cannabis down to 15% for adult use? Uh, Because that's what we actually voted for That's what they're doing for sports gambling and sports gambling is far more harmful than cannabis. I don't think cannabis is harmful at all, honestly, except for a small, very small number of people that have some kind of uh, issue, you know, usually uh, allergic issue with it and that, and for them, they just stay away from it. Um, And sports gambling obviously is a big issue and they want to have it at 15% with which we want cannabis at. So I'm asking you folks, do you agree with that? And secondly, there's also a proposal that Kim Napoli is behind that would allow adult use discounts for the first time. Adult use cannabis cannot discount. There was a memo I found out that went out uh, or or a, a uh, regulator or one of these uh, inspection people told some of the dispensaries that they could actually do adult use this discounts. And some of them are doing discounts now. And then I hear that the CCC found out that their own people were giving out bad information and they're yelling at the, uh, at the dispensaries about it instead of yelling at their own people who made a mistake. But this discount issue, adult use aren't supposed to do discounts, even though you'll see some of them actually doing discounts by regulation. And, uh, she's talking about actually allowing discounts and specifically for folks that have medical cards. So that I have a medical card right now. I'm being excluded from a lot of the adult use shops that are opening. Majority of shops are now adult use. If I go in there, I'm going to pay a tax. Whereas if I go to a medical dispensary only, I don't pay the tax. So she's proposing to give us the discount to allow us to get our tax money back from the dispensary. And also to offer discounts to veterans and other folks who have been harmed. For example, people who have arrest records for cannabis. Would you guys support those types of uh, number one discounting or tax release for consumers or even industry uh, businesses? What do you think? Let's go to uh, Mass Canada, I mean, uh, not Mass, uh, New Hampshire Canada patient uh, Zach first. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I think
3: it, I'm all about reducing the cost of cannabis. So if we're thinking about like reducing the taxes, absolutely. You know, when I talk to my buddies in Massachusetts, you know, on, on the adult use side, they're, they're like oh yeah well you know before tax it's it's a $35 eighth you know which is very true but out the door price is very different from the price on the menu so you know i couldn't agree more with reducing the the tax rate on cannabis down to what was originally agreed on at 15% and you know absolutely with the adult use discounts um i think that's a no brainer um anything to reduce the cost of cannabis to the consumer i'm i'm all about that so absolutely Um, I think the cannabis in Massachusetts is outrageously priced um, with the taxes in mind. Um, You know, when we look at the cost before taxes, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, But, you know, I think it could be reduced um, to help ease the burden on the consumer. All right,
2: Drew, what do you think? Uh, Just speaking from the, uh, from experience about the cannabis workers that I've talked to um, it's actually a fairly consistent ask from a lot of people is, um, you know, they want to be able to if you're a cultivator, right, you want to be able to try the product that you've made. Uh, And in a lot of cases, uh, that would come down to, can you afford to buy it at the dispensary uh, of the same company or any any other company and uh, you know, if I if, if the program is going to make it easier for the people who actually grow it and want to enjoy it to uh, partake in that then
0: yeah, that's I would support that. Awesome. And Devin, do you see any downside to this? What do you think?
1: I don't see any downside at all. Um, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, I started off as a medical um, butt tender, you know, and we had loyalty programs. I think that's ways for brands to build customer loyalty is offering discounts. You know, um, Massachusetts is one of the only States in the country to not offer discounts. You know, we're setting up stuff, with a company called Alpine. And I'm like, Hey man, there's certain things we can and can't do. And, you know, we can sell accessories, you know, and the clothing apparel, we can discount that, but you know, that can only get you so far. So, um, Reducing the taxes huge, hundred percent. You know, um, New York and New Jersey coming online, and they're under fifteen percent. You know, um, when it comes to their taxes, so hundred percent agree that the taxes should be reduced. And along with offering discounts, loosen um, the advertising restrictions as well. Yes, a lot of advertising stuff that we can't do either. So marketing right. and discounts, I think, should coincide with one another.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Uh, with the young jerks, we're doing a cannabis panel right now. We've got someone representing labor. You, uh, unions drew. Uh, we got an applicant who kind of you know rep- representing the smaller scale industry, a hopeful you know part of the industry. He's still trying to get licensed. It's been a long fight. he's changed he's changed regulations, changed things in the state already before he's even been licensed. So I mean, what a remarkable story, uh, Devin, you have. We've uh, you, one of the most popular podcasts we had actually was, when Devin was on the show and told some of his story with Grant Smith, I believe it was at New Hampshire can a patient is also here. He's a medical cannabis uh, supporter organizer in New Hampshire, trying to get home grow, trying to get uh, some changes in the laws in New Hampshire, only state without legalization in new England right now. Uh, My name is Mike Crawford. We've got a number of other topics. I want to ask another union question. Uh, one of my friends uh, in the union, Aiden, he's all about, he he talks about this a lot. uh, These uh, actually, I don't even want to say it. uh, I almost asking drew to do it, but I think I know what it is. It's a labor, a labor peace agreement. He wants to see labor peace agreements become a big part of the cannabis industry as uh, certain requirements to get licensed. Uh, It's basically saying you have a deal uh, with your employees on allowing union representation, I believe. Am I right, Andrew? What what is a labor peace agreement?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I think you're exactly right. So it's, uh, you know, basically, it's like the uh, requirement to be able to be licensed in the first place is that you have to sign a commitment to treat your workers fairly, more or less, that's what it means, right? So uh, when you go into the labor peace agreement, it certainly makes uh, things less hectic, right? I think you could say, if, if you could solve a problem without a fight, I think p- people would most likely go for that in the first place. Whereas, you know, you know, if, as, you know as union people, we know sometimes we got to fight, but if it's easier to help more people by, uh, you know, getting a labor peace agreement ahead of time, so uh, the, the playing field is more leveled, then I would say uh, that's what a lot of people in labor would probably want to go for.
0: Excellent. And what do you think, uh, I'll say New Hampshire, a patient, Zach, are you there? Yes, yeah, sorry. I was I was on mute.
3: <laughs> um, you know, I couldn't agree more with what Drew said. Oh, I'm sorry. I
1: actually had to blow my nose.
0: <laughs> no worries. A little So sick you, agree. you agree with Drew? Uh, yep. Why don't we go to Devin? Do you see any issue with it? Labor peace agreements?
1: I don't see any issue with it. Unless um, it's fair for both sides. I think um, the more MSOs come out in the state, you know, the more we see it. Because we really, back when I was still just an employee, I don't think there was any You know, leave um, unionized cannabis work is at all. Back when I was back in um, 2018, when I was still doing the button thing, there was no unionized thing. So to see it progress is really great. Welcome, Start.
3: Awesome. And actually, real quick, I remember, Mike, when I first connected with you a couple of years ago, um, I was part of what I did was just looking at the job ads on Indeed. And I remember I showed you the Columbia Care ad. They were actually actively looking for their next employee for the inclusion and diversity role to actively work against union efforts in the dispensary. Um, So yeah, you know, that can't, that's not good for the workers at all. So completely with the labor peace agreements, just to give that opportunity to the workers before these, these corporations get
0: in there and cause harm. That's unbelievable. That was such a great, great find that ad. It was like Columbia care, her owns Patriot care. They want to hire someone who is going to be the front person for their social equity and to be basically a union scab is my, I mean, a union buster. You know, I mean, it was just kind of a disgusting ad. Pretty gross. Yeah, no, it was horrible.
2: It's a I, I consider it like the hello fellow workers approach to union busting.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bizarro to put that out to the public, too. I think you would get away with it. It's pretty incredible. Go, oh, go ahead.
3: Sorry. I was going to say
0: it's pretty incredible they did it yeah it is it's just shocking but it's not like if you've you know it's funny we we just you know us uh cynical veterans kind of just expect it now right oh absolutely you know it's it's why
3: i continue to look at the job ads just to see what else they're throwing out there and you know if they can't even provide safety equipment to their workers you know what else are they just freely throwing us to catch in and expose you know it's they're not they're not clever. They're not slick. So it's just we got to be on our toes and, and help educate everybody, you know, with what they're actually doing and the harm they're causing to the communities.
0: Absolutely. There's another, uh, you know, Massachusetts cannabis scandal that's been going around right now uh, about the new uh, chairman of the commission, Shannon O'Brien, former treasurer. A treasurer picks a treasurer, <laughs> a treasurer picked an ex treasurer to be the uh, Cannabis Control Commission uh, top dog over there. Uh, and, you know, Shannon O'Brien is the former com- the former uh, treasurer that was selected by the treasurer. I just think that's so funny, like the nepotism. It's just like, oh, wow, or is- you're just going to pick another treasurer to-, to run the job. So they pick her, but she's also, like, ha- she's part of cannabis businesses that she hasn't, like, separated from. So she's basically a commissioner regulating herself. I mean, that's what the Boston Herald reported. A bunch of other people reported. Do you guys want to comment on that? What do you think about that story? Anybody who anybody want to comment out of the three? Of you? Nobody seems interested in this one.
3: Well, I mean, let's just let's just be real. I mean, I'm a consumer, I'm I'm a patient. Um, that's just that's just silly. Um, I'm trying to Work with our oversight board and identify the, the people in there that could be removed that don't have cannabis's best interest in heart. And you know if you're if you're a business owner and and you're on the board now, you you're there's a conflict of interest right there off the bat. So I'm I'm that's just silly to me. I'm all about getting those conflict of interest um, out of the picture. So that's just completely shocking to me. Like we talked about a lot of shocking things tonight. This is just yet again another shocking thing in
0: in Massachusetts. It is shocking, but at the same time, almost expected, like almost you know, expected. cynical me now, but you know, and, and cynical me though, also is hopeful that if she she doesn't lose her commissioner spot, that she might actually be okay for us. I mean, we'll see. I'm hopeful. Just anybody gotta else want to comment on go. Oh, I'm sorry. Be, go ahead.
3: You just got to be transparent with what your intentions are and, you know, come out and say, you know, there's, there's those ties, do what you got to do to either address them and move on. And, but just be transparent. That's the biggest thing with, I think, in my opinion, Massachusetts cannabis is a transparency issue. And it's just cannabis wide. I think in New Hampshire, we have it, but just got to be transparent with the consumers and, and everybody that's involved in cannabis. There's a lot of shady stuff going on. So just got to
0: start with transparency in my opinion. Excellent. Uh, we're the young jerks. You can call in. Someone's asking me for the number right now. It's like, listen and call in 978-560-3155. That's our number. You can call in or you can, you know, if you have my phone number too, you can just use my phone number. That's the back door way. I don't want to give everyone my number, but you can use my number as well. And I'm just going to turn on the uh, Bluetooth in case anyone does call because a couple people did say they wanted to call tonight. But, hey, we haven't heard from them. Um, I'm checking some instant feedback too, just looking at a couple different things. Uh, again, my name is Mike Crawford. We're the young jerks. Uh, it's been a lot of coverage of some of the things that have been going on the last couple of days. Um, in relation uh to the death that we talked about. A lot of stories have been posted. High times. I want to make sure I'm not m- missing any of the uh stories that we were supposed to talk about tonight, too. Uh nah- uh Nampsha. Can a patient, I gave you a list of stories that, you know, topics that I believe. Oh, yeah. let's. Uh, Are there let's any on the list that I, I haven't covered right now? Uh, let me I'm a little up. bit unorganized, <laughs> and I got to admit, because, you know, so much is, I mean, not every day you get a re, like 10 reporters calling you while you also have 15 dogs to walk. I was just like so oh, slammed. Oh, the, uh,
3: the SHIP Act. Yeah. We were going to talk about growers selling direct to consumers.
0: Oh, yes. Thank you. That's a big one. And I'm let's just going to... There's a Ship Act, which is a national uh, proposal. They want to uh, allow all agricultural agricultural uh, growers to sell direct to consumers, uh, kind of bypassing a lot of the stores that exist right now. Because a lot of times the prices raise because the store has to pay at high rent and cost a lot to just open, anyways, with all the regulations. So. There's proposals even locally now. That would be federal. The SHIP Act would be for federal. If the prohibition of cannabis is ever lifted, that would happen as part of that. Um, But beyond that, we could do that locally. There's growers like our friend River Wren Gardens who are micro cultivation. They can't sell direct to consumer. They only can sell it to the dispensary, and then the dispensary sells it to the customer. A lot of those places would like to sell directly to the customer as an option as well. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think it's a good idea? Any drawbacks? Support it. Why? Why would you be against it? Let's start with Zach, since you asked. You know, you brought up the question. I'm sure you know a lot about this. What do you think? Yeah, you
3: know, when this was first talked about, you know, with with me, we brought it up in the Discord community. Um, you know, I had a little bit of a mixed mixed feelings with it. You know, as a New Hampshire patient, a lot of my medicine comes from Maine. And with Maine, we have the ability to go direct to the grower, um, direct to the caregiver and have that experience. So um, for them, you know, I feel it's definitely a good way to make sure that they survive when federal legalization comes, to, comes into effect. Um, but on the other side, I also see a bunch of loopholes that need to be fixed. I feel like it's a very first draft version of it. If they can fine tune, you know, some of the things in there to further define what craft cannabis is and who actually can take advantage of this. I think that would be, that would go a long way. But again, on the other side, you know, I look, I listen to what Massachusetts delivery businesses have to do just to deliver cannabis to pay, to consumers. And I have a hard time seeing a way that the consumer will get this delivered just you know, like a regular package, you know, we have Massachusetts companies having to have two cameras in the car, two body cameras, two safes. Is it just going to be as easy as just saying, okay, here, USPS, go deliver this package to my porch. Like everybody wants to think, I mean, we have local regulations like in mass, like we've talked about that. I have a hard time seeing this, you know, go into effect as easily as Everybody's celebrating it, but I definitely do see it as a benefit to, you know, small growers in the long run once legalization goes into effect, but there's definitely work to be done on, on the way it's written now,
2: in my opinion.
0: Let's go to Devin. Alexander, what do you think about this proposal to allow all the growers, licensed grower, you know, people who grow cannabis legally to be able to directly sell it to the customer?
1: And there's no like cap on how big that grower has to be. They can be as big as they want and Well, there is
0: a limit on the Ship Act. I'm not sure how it would work in the state of Massachusetts, but I have a feeling they probably would have a limit on it. But again, I don't know if even those limits would would hold up. You know what I mean? You never know. So that's yeah. a good question. That that would that would sway your sway where you stand on it. You think?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. Because obviously, you know, the bigger growers, you know, obviously care more about quantity over quality. Uh, everybody knows that. And I think that's why so many people were attracted to the micro-business license in Massachusetts in the first place. The only license that has a residency requirement, um, you have to be a Massachusetts resident for a full year before you contain a micro-business. Um, it's an umbrella term. So um, when it comes to cultivation, we have tier one through tier 11. Um, so micro-business is tier one, up to 5,000 square feet of canopy, and the ability to also do product manufacturing. But you know they cap you on the amount of you could wholesale per year. If you're a micro business doing product manufacturing, you can only um, wholesale 2,500 pounds a year. But then if you're um, a social equity certified micro business, like Freshly Baked down in Taunton, for instance, they can apply for what's called delivery endorsement, which would allow them to, to do that. deliver their own products. Um, you know, Freshly Baked was actually the first person yeah. in Massachusetts to be able to deliver at all before the courier. Right, they're
0: doing deliveries now.
1: But um, they even have they stopped delivery because would you
0: would you would you think like uh like the microgrow, like River Run Gardens, would you be okay with allowing them to do direct to consumer, the smaller guys?
1: Oh, hundred percent. You know, yeah. I have a lot of love for um, Ed D'Souza, big ed, uh, Will over there. They're great people and they have amazing products. I've been up to their facility in Newburyport, Port, got a tour of it, got to see what they got going on, and I would hundred percent be on board with them being able to do that. And once that exclusivity window for Delivery ends whenever that ends. I'm pretty sure they will be able to apply for delivery endorsement. Most micro businesses in Massachusetts either do one or the other, they either do cultivation or product manufacturing. I think Gibby's Gardens in Uxbridge is the only like full micro business that does both product manufacturing and cultivation. And um, it would be great, you know, just to see them the full force of the micro business license cultivation product manufacturing and delivery. I think that's, you
0: know, would be we'll, awesome.
1: That would be exactly that's that. what
0: people would love to see. I mean, Let's I want to see the, the craft yeah. stuff delivered right to your house. Uh, so drew, what do you think about these proposals? Do you have any thoughts on it or maybe it's not even in your, you know, in your area of expertise or something that you even care about at this point?
2: Uh, it's, I mean, it's a little bit outside of, you know, what I usually work with in cannabis, but I think, uh, I think Maine is a good example of how it can be done in you know both sides you can still have your retail cannabis while you have your uh, direct to consumer so you know there's no reason it shouldn't work we got an example already it's so far as I can see anyway um I mean somebody can correct me if I'm wrong but can't you um already get c b d in the mail and uh like hemp plants
0: pretty much it seems like that I mean I don't know if it's totally I don't know what the legality it is but well, I, again, this is...
2: Practicality it is. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't see... Why not?
0: Uh, I don't see why not, yeah. Awesome. Well, we, we have had a good conversation. Zach, is there anything else on that list that I left out, you think?
3: Uh, on the message you sent me, it was just that, and then you had a very busy week walking dogs.
0: I did. I yeah, Oh, my God, you don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I read got a dog, dogs, over dogs, here dogs. really good. <laughs> who's not my own dog? Amazing dog, he's just sitting watching us. I'm always, Something I'm always, on. that's what I do. I, I just, I'm, if I'm not uh, doing this show or doing some reporting on cannabis, I'm walking a dog. That's always <laughs> <laughs> with the young jerks, Mike Crawford. Hey, it's my full time gig, that's how we pay the bills over here. Uh, I want to thank you all for coming on, uh, Drew. Uh, Drew, say your last name again for me. Uh, Weiss. Drew Weiss, from UFCW 1459. I want to thank Zach uh, at New Hampshire Canna Patient, and I want to thank Devin Alexander from Rolling Relief, and I want to wish him the best of luck. And again, changing regulations and making history and opening and killing it. I hope you kill it. I hope you survive because otherwise, it's just not fair. You did all this work to help everyone else. We got to help you make sure that you can open and have a have a profitable business here. I want to give you each an opportunity at the end here to you know give us any final thoughts, uh, promote yourself, promote anything that you want to promote. You know whether it's just you know look me up on Twitter. Here's my Twitter. Your final thoughts. Your final goodbye tonight. Who wants to go first?
1: I'll just get it over with.
0: Yeah, there you go, Devin. Devin's going first.
1: So as we talked about, you know. Current Massachusetts delivery regulations are a perfect example of overregulation at its finest and people who really, I really just, their concerns haven't been met, you know, there hasn't been any of the um, robberies of delivery vehicles. Um, adult use cannabis delivery has been going on for over a full calendar year now, and we have the data to back it up now. Um, Amazon drivers drive around, with one driver, no body cameras, and more than $10,000 worth of product without incident. I even worked for Amazon for a little bit last year just to learn delivery a little bit better, and, you know, I was by myself. Riding around, no problem delivering all sorts of stuff. Um, the regulatory revision is coming. You know, keep your eyes out for that. And Rolling Relief will be launching um, quarter one, 2023. Awesome. Can't wait to see it.
0: Hopefully you can deliver to me.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> we'll
0: see. Well, I hope you I Are you going to be like all, all over the state, you're hoping? Or are you starting to serve? Area?
1: Area. So we're located in Newton. So we're going to have a 20-mile radius around Newton. So um, really have to be strategic in where you place your warehouse because we can't deliver to municipalities that have cannabis bans and moratoriums in place as well. So that's something else that we're we'll hopeful to change down the line, but you know, our number one priority is getting that second driver requirement amended.
0: We got to lift more of those moratoriums too. I heard there's a big fight in Stoneham right now as well. So definitely big up on that. Thank you so much, Devin Alexander, rolling relief, wishing you the best with your business. Uh, let's go to Zach right now. What do you got for us, Zach? Final thoughts? Yeah, you know, just find me
3: on Instagram and Twitter at nhcannapatient. And you know, businesses in and out of cannabis treat your workers right. Um, give them what they deserve in the workplace. Don't cut corners. Don't cheap out. Give them what they need. And patients and consumers continue to uplift and educate each other, and just encourage each other to make the best decisions when it comes to purchasing your cannabis because. These are the big corporations and this is what happens to their workers. Um, and yeah, just stay positive. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at NHKANAPatient. Thanks again for having me, Mike. Thank you, Zach. And Drew,
0: what do you got for us?
2: Yeah, I'll just reiterate and say, you know, you don't have to wait for your workplace to get dangerous before you take some action and do something about it. Uh, if anybody's interested in organizing their workplace, uh, they can reach out to me at UFCW1459.com. Uh, And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the
0: same at UFC 1459. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. We're the young jerks. Uh, I'm going to give some final thoughts tonight as well. I just want to um, really wish the family of Lorna McMurray our love this community. Cause uh, a lot of people are, are caring about this and, and we've been hearing from them. We know that people are interested in this story and we're going to continue on it. Uh, if you're a new subscriber, a new follower, follow us everywhere. If you're on Twitter and you've discovered us today, a lot of people did discover us today on Twitter, follow us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook, check out where we're everywhere at the young jerks, And I want to also say that we're starting to advertise on a lot of different uh, podcast apps. We're starting to uh, take the money that people have contributed to us, a small amount, and we're starting to put it to good use. So uh, if you want to contribute to us, we really appreciate that as well. That helps us with the equipment. We just upgraded. We bought a lot of new equipment. Uh, So if you want to support us, anchor.fm slash the young jerks, you can support us for like $1 or $5 a month, $10. Also, midnightmass.substack.com. Both of those have ways you can subscribe on a monthly basis for a very small amount. Those small subscribers, people paying us $4, $5, $1 a month, have helped us survive and uh, kept us going. There is a monthly cost for this show. We're, We're over $50 a month for StreamYard. There's also... Uh, An insurance cost now we're paying a liability insurance for some of the things we write. Not sure if we actually even need it. We, we may even consider getting rid of that, but it's always better to be safe than sorry in case someone sues you uh, and some other costs, you know, equipment costs. And now we're advertising. We want to expand our reach. If you're uh, just listening to us for the first time, maybe on iTunes or podcast uh, junkie, or Castro Overcast, please subscribe, share, review. We really appreciate the reviews and the shares and all the love, uh, and especially the subscriptions on you know iTunes, Overcast, Castro. We love you. If you're listening to us for the first time and you like what you heard tonight, please consider subscribing and consider upgrading and uh, anchor.fm slash the young jerks if you want to go all in on your support of our show. We love you. We thank you. Again, we, our love goes out to the family and the friends of Lorna McMurray. We're going to stay on this. We want to make sure that people know all the details that are coming out. Uh, one of the things we learned tonight or today was that the Holyoke Holy mayor, the mayor of Holyoke, had no idea that this situation happened at True Leaf. So here you have true leaf Holyoke really informing the public officials about what's going on in their location. The mayor had no idea that someone had died after a shift at the true leaf Holyoke cultivation site. Uh, we found out that today, uh, some great reporting was done. I want to thank all the reporters Shira, for writing uh, a story. Uh, there were some other great ones. I'm, I'm just looking at some of them right now. Uh, Yeah, uh, uh, The one uh, that Shara wrote for Commonwealth Magazine was awesome. I also want to thank... uh, Here it is. This is the one I want to thank. This was a great one by Dusty Christensen. Uh, Christensen. He wrote uh, a story for shoestring.org or shoestring.org I guess is the easier way to say it. Uh, Good story there as well about Lorna. Definitely check out some of those stories. Share them around to your friends. And most importantly, you know, make sure that you're supporting cannabis workers. And that doesn't just mean, uh, you know, shopping at their stores. Tell them you support them. Tell them you care about them when you go into their shops. Maybe even consider tipping them. I've started tipping some of my workers. I know what they're going through. Uh, Tell them you, you support them, especially if they're union organizing, they, they want that kind of support. I would, I would just, you know, and your friends and family that work at these places, let them know that you are thinking about them and also let them know about the risks too, so that they protect themselves, that they have proper masks, that the people at these locations are, are, are CPR trained, that they're looking out for each other. We need a lot more of that. My name is Mike Crawford. Again, if you have any tips and you work at a dispensary and you want to, you know, share some light on what's going on at your location. MJC Boston1 at Yahoo.com. We thank you so much We're the young jerks. We will see you later. Mike Crawford checking out. Thank you, folks. We'll see you soon.